As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, this is Ashley. And this is Brittany. And we are More Than a Season podcast. Welcome back. Hello. We're so glad you're here. We are. And we are happy to be talking to y'all after another win Thank goodness. I know. What is up with us in like late night games the past two weeks? <laughs> I know. We have another one this weekend. We got a five o'clock. At least it's not as bad. Yeah, not as bad. But the first one, rain delay, super late. And then the second one, that ended at 2 a.m. Central Time. <laughs> I know. It was so late. We started at 8 p.m. kickoff in Pacific Time. So 10 p.m. kickoff. Pac-12 after dark is no joke. I know. When we were at Washington State, I remember 8 p.m. kickoff was super late feeling there. And now, like, it real, it feels really late just watching it on TV. But you actually went to the game. I did. It was so – it felt late there, too. The <laughs> night before, we got there, and it was, like, 8 o'clock. And I remember looking at my watch, and I was like, gosh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's got to be, like, 1130 and I looked at my watch. I was like, oh my gosh, it's eight o'clock. Like it just turned eight o'clock. Yeah. But it felt so late and it was a really good time. I ended up going and meeting up with my friend and her whole entire family, like extended family, everybody who's like so my second family. So it was really good to see them. And we just hung out by the pool like the whole weekend, which was amazing. The weather was beautiful. I got bit by 1,072 mosquitoes. Really so there? Yeah, that's what Shannon was saying. My friend was like, we never get mosquitoes in Arizona. <laughs> you brought them out of the but ground. there so. they were. <laughs> I literally have a million bites. So. And how was the property? Was it nice? Was it like really big? It was, was it like? massive and... The bed was the worst bed I've ever slept oh, in my really? entire life, which sucks. Yeah. I texted Drew like, you're going to be so pissed because I knew he was tired and I was like, this bed is so uncomfortable. It felt like a cardboard box. Like oh, it was no. so hard. Like a dorm room bed? It was worse than that. <laughs> like this was honestly the worst bed I've probably slept in my life. But we were both so tired that we were just like, it is what it is. And the pillows were like marshmallows. Like they were just like. <laughs> <laughs> just rant. Yeah. Rant. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just not the best. But the property was beautiful. And, you know, it was a ton of space. So it was kind of cool. And what did y'all, y'all laid out by the pool and then you got ready and then you went and pre-gamed or did something fun? We did. We went to a rooftop bar, which was really cool. 
It was at the Graduate Hotel, which was really fun. You could see campus, you could see everything. And we kind of had like our own section, which I feel like is so important at those bars because usually they're like packed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the older I get, the less I want to be in a packed bar <laughs> like, with I a bunch of people. Own, I'm like, my own space. <laughs> I need my own section. And there was a lot of Mississippi State fans there. So it That's was kind of cool. fun. Yeah. And then we walked to the game. The game was packed. Yeah. I have never seen pac 12 football like that yeah it's <laughs> like dang but I forgot it was their home opener and they had won their last game and so people were fired up it yeah. was it took us at least 40 minutes to get into the stadium yeah they were saying on tv so I stayed back and I am traveling for work this week so I was like my body can physically not yeah, do both and so I stayed back and watching it on tv and all of that was wonderful from the comfort of my couch, but watched both the pups. So I watched Paddington, Brittany's dog, <laughs> and then Chip, and we had ourselves quite a day. And we had all the adventures. <laughs> I did. We went on walks. We did a bunch of things, but not as exciting as going to Arizona. But I will say, it got a lot of things done on Saturday. So it was a good day, but the game after that, you had an adventure coming home and it took literally 40 days and 40 nights it literally did I was like we're never gonna get there at this point (laughs) the game took forever too I know you felt that especially being like two in the morning (laughs) it was so late I don't think we got done till 12 30 pacific time Mm -hmm. so by the time we ended up at the airport I think we took off around 1 30 or 1 45 in the morning and we were supposed to land at 6 30 and get home at 7 a.m on Sunday and as we're about to land I was like probably one of the only ones up Drew was like trying to sleep a lot of the guys were like trying to sleep and I just I cannot sleep on planes and so I was like looking out the window and we're like about to land and all of a sudden we just go straight up it's like (laughs) it's like just kidding yeah and I was like damn (laughs) so then they came on like probably five or ten minutes later they took a while to come on too which I was like okay hello what's going on and they were like (laughs) like nobody would notice yeah (laughs) we're just gonna go straight up in the air and like all of a sudden we're literally like up and down I was like oh great so I looked at Drew and I was like he hates when I do this Every time he puts his ear pods in, I always start talking to him on the plane and he hates it. Like he literally hates it. But he had his ear pods in and I was like, hey, I think they missed the runway. And then they told us like, you know, we're just going to circle around and try to like hope that the fog clears up. And then if we start running out of gas, like we got to go to another airport and like land and refuel. And so we ended up running out of gas I guess and so we go to another airport. We landed in Birmingham, which I guess is about like a 20 minute flight from which blows Columbus. my mind. So yes. crazy. And so we ended up landing there. We got re- we got refueled, and then they're like, "Oh, the pilots are timing out." So they took these pilots, I guess, off this Southwest plane, literally about to back up. These pilots were about to take off with this group of people from Birmingham to Dallas. They took the pilots off the plane, put them on our plane, and that plane that was going to go to Dallas got delayed four hours because they had to find them other pilots. <laughs> and I felt bad, but also I did not feel bad because I was like, we've been traveling all night. Like, we're tired. That's crazy. So they took the pilots off and brought them on our plane. And the lady kept being like, I'm so sorry about this, but at least you guys won. And to Jer, I'm like, can you imagine if we lost? That'd be like the longest moment of silence. Yeah. One of the other guys was like, yeah, I think we would have just been like get us off at Birmingham I'm like no you wouldn't have even done that you'd been like just try for the landing and if it doesn't happen we're good we'll just, <laughs> we're good if this is the way it's supposed to be this is the way we go out so it was interesting but we ended up getting back at like 10 a.m so 
And then you rested all day. Yeah. I felt like I needed to rest and I didn't even do anything. It was was long though. Yeah. But now we're back in routine. We're good to go. And we're happy to be back and chatting with y'all. And this episode this week is awesome because Rachel is the guest and she is a part of the baseball world. She talks all about bringing her two little boys to all of the baseball games and she also has a massive tiktok following she's Mm -hmm. killing it over there so definitely give her a follow we'll link all of her stuff in the show notes as well but she talks about having to travel by herself with the two little ones and her experience within the baseball industry with not only like baseball haters, but also mm-hmm. haters on TikTok. Yeah, she does a really great job of turning something that could be negative, whether it be comments or things like that. And it's actually boosting her TikTok following. So turning something negative into something so positive. So we won't spoil any more and we'll see y'all on the other side. Hi, we're so happy that you're here. You know it's our favorite time of the week, and we always love to go back to the baseball world, uh, but we won't spoil who our special guest is. We're going to toss it on over to her and let her introduce herself. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Rachel Gomber. I am married to Austin Gomber, pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. We have two precious little boys, Beckham and Charlie, and we are currently in Denver, Colorado for the season. They're so cute. We follow her on TikTok. We're like, oh my gosh, please share more content about them. They're so cute. I love it. They love baseball too, which is so adorable. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so funny because we'll get recognized in public sometimes and it's not even Austin and I getting recognized. They're like, oh my gosh, I recognize him and it's Beckham. And I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. I love it. Oh my gosh. So fun. Well, we want to go backwards and we want to hear about how you even got involved in the baseball industry, how you guys started dating. Give us the details. Yes. Okay. So I asked him, I was like, can I share this? But he said it was fine. So we met on Instagram. He DM'd me, slid into the DMs. I love it. He said, my goodness, I don't know who you are, but I would love to change that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like who is this? But anyway, so I responded I and it turned out, I think that Instagram algorithm is so crazy because when he DM'd me, so I was, I'm from Frisco, Texas, and I was home from college in Frisco and he was in double A with the St. Louis Cardinals mm-hmm. and the Springfield Cardinals double A team was in Frisco playing the Frisco Rough Riders, who's the double A team for the Texas Rangers. So we were like five minutes from each other when he DM'd me. That's so weird. Yes. So I responded. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is so weird. And he was like, would you want to come? We were talking like for like a day. And then he was like, would you want to come to the game tonight? And I was like, oh, nope, sorry. I have work. Can't (laughs) like trying to like blow him off. But I actually had work. And he was like, oh, darn. Like, okay, well, where do you work? I was like, oh, like just this Mexican <laughs> restaurant. It's called Blue Goose, like whatever. And he was like, wait, the one by the soccer field? And I was like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, he's never been here. I was like, did you just look that up? <laughs> so odd. And he was, and I was like, oh yeah, like how did you know? He's like, actually, our hotel's in the same parking lot. Oh, and I was like, oh my oh. gosh. I was like, okay, so you're staying at the Comfort Suites. And, I, and he was like, yeah. He's like, would you want to go for a drink after? He's like, if you get off around like 10, which I said I did. So my game will probably end around the same time. And I'm like, oh. and looking back, I can't believe I said yes, but I did. I was like, I don't know if that's safe meeting some random guy I just met on Instagram, but we met up that night and yeah. And then we've been 
inseparable ever since. Did you go to a drink somewhere other than the restaurant that you were working at? Okay, yes, we did. We <laughs> okay. went to a different restaurant because I was not about to bring him. Like, I didn't know about him, yeah. but <laughs> I do find it so funny. When I first met him, too, I remember the first night, one of our first conversations, I was about to graduate college. I was 21. I was going to graduate in the next year and a half. He was, like, asking me about college and my degree and what I was in and doing and passionate about. And I was like, so, like, what about you? What's your degree in? And he was like, well, I don't have one. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, what's your backup after baseball? And he was like, oh, well, I don't have one either. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, I'm done with this kid. Like he clearly, I took that as he's not driven. He doesn't have a backup plan. Right. He doesn't all this stuff. But actually, then I realized it was actually him being so driven. He had like these blinders on. He's like, my only vision, like my goal is the big leagues. And Little did I know he would actually make it, but he made it. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. When you say Blue Goose, I'm like, man, I know exactly the restaurant that you're talking about. <laughs> that is such it's a good so restaurant. so good. <laughs> the queso yep. is delicious. It's to die for. It I is so it. good. But I love your story. And it's always so funny because every time we, we interview and we ask this, the stories are always so random, which we find so much entertainment in. Yeah. But after that, you start following him around after college or what was that next steps like? Because I know that it has to get kind of serious kind of quick because there's that commitment that you have to make in the beginning. Absolutely. And it did. It was, it kind of started off slow because of that, because he was afraid of the commitment. He's like, but I'm so close to my dream. I don't know. Like, I was like, no, 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 I get it. I get it. Um, and so for the first year and a half, we were actually long distance. I was in college finishing my degree. He was in the minors. Um, right before I graduated, he was up and down a little bit. Um, so that was pretty crazy. A lot of work. It's definitely an adjustment doing long distance with someone whose job is just so busy and so demanding. And then you've got your own thing at college. I was in sorority and, you know, trying to graduate and everything. So it was definitely a world when you're trying to, and they can't visit you during season. So you're doing all the traveling. I remember mm -hmm. so many of my friends were like, well, is, is your boyfriend going to come? Like a bunch of my friends were getting married. I went to Auburn in Alabama. Yeah. So a lot of my friends were getting engaged and married their senior year. And I had to do a fifth lap, fifth year. So <laughs> all of them were like, they're like, oh, like, can your boyfriend come to my wedding? And I was like, nope, you're getting married in August. And they're like, well, why can't he just come? And I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> you just don't understand. But their schedules are just so crazy. So it's a lot of traveling on you. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, we always talk about how hard of a transition it is for your friends and your family because they don't understand yes. that they can't just like take a day off or like call in sick. Like there's just not absolutely not that option. So it's very not interesting. A thing. And you feel weird because you're like, I'm always the one traveling. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, why are you always making the effort? Like, why isn't he making the yes. effort? Yeah. <laughs> and several friends question that. They're like, you know, if he wanted to, he would. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, he literally can't. <laughs> he truly can't. I promise he would. He's a great guy, but he can't. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And then were you there for his, like, big league debut? Were you able to make it for that game? Uh, so kind of funny story for his big league debut. So he actually was called up for the first time in like second week of May, mid first week of May. And I found out super late at night. He called me, he told me, and there was a day game in Pittsburgh the next day. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And this is the week before finals for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to book my ticket tonight. Very expensive last minute ticket, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Hopped on my flight the next morning to Pittsburgh, flew there, and he was going to be out of the bullpen didn't pitch so that next day they flew back to St. Louis but I had finals I was like oh no so I flew back to take my finals he still hadn't pitched then I flew back to St. Louis hoping to catch his debut then 
still didn't pitch. When oh. you come out of the bullpen, you never know when they'll need you. By the end of the week, they sent him back down because they never used him. So I was like, wow, well, that was a lot of flying around for nothing. <laughs> but then they called him up in June and it was the day of my sister's high school graduation. So unfortunately, I had to make a decision since he was only my boyfriend at the time. I obviously picked my sister's high school graduation. So I was there. And then that afternoon, her she graduated at like 9 a.m. And he ended up coming into the game. At like It was like a 12 o'clock game in St. Louis. So I oh. did miss it. But then I flew out that Monday. But it was great because I was home with all my family and friends. All of my family was in for my sister's graduation. So we watched it all on TV. It was great. And then I was able to come the next day. So oh, that's, that's fun. Oh my goodness. That's a lot. I just can't even imagine the mental, just like that going up, down, up, down, not being sure when you're going to be called and with supporting someone like that, I feel like that'd be so hard because you're trying to be there in person, but then you also have to go home. So what did that look like? Was it a lot of communication trying to like keep him motivated to, you know, Hey, your time's coming, hang in there. What was Absolutely. Like? So hard. Cause then you get so defeated that entire year he was up and down. And I think the first part was honestly trying to see each other because I was like, okay, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Should we book my flight for me to come? And he's like, well, hold on. I don't know. I think someone might be coming off the IL. I might be going, getting sent down. So we don't want to book a flight. And I was like, okay. So like, we'll wait. And then be in Memphis, their triple A team. And he'd be like, I'd be like, should I come? And he's like, I don't know. I think there's a chance I could be called up this weekend, but I don't know. And she's like, we need to wait. And then last minute, he'd be like, yes, I got called up. Let's book you a flight to St. Louis. Or, oh, no, now I'm getting sent down. Let's get you, let's switch your flight to Memphis. Oh my that God. season was, and you, cause you can't just can't plan anything. So, and then you're always wanting to go super last minute, or we were buying so much insurance on our flights just to make sure we get our money back. Cause we just had no idea where he was going to be that year. But the next year, he ended up having an early season ending injury in AAA. And so that was probably the hardest year for me keeping his hopes up and letting him know that because he's, you know, they get so inside their heads and then he starts worrying like, will I ever pitch again? Will I ever play again? It's been, I sat out an entire year like, oh no, oh no. So that was probably the hardest season for me trying to keep hopes high and let him know well also I'm worrying too and I'm like oh no like what happens if mm -hmm. you know he doesn't yeah. so but he made it through he's good and so he was originally with the St. Louis Cardinals and then he got he traded to the Rockies or what was that experience like yes so Austin was part of the big Nolan Arenado trade yeah. Nolan Arenado is one of the best third basemen in the MLB great guy that they were able to get for St. Louis and that was such a whirlwind. We woke up a Friday morning and Austin like was on Twitter and he was like, oh my gosh, babe, like we're about to get Arenado. We're about to get Arenado. And I was like, wow, like that's great. And he's like, Rachel, like he's so good. Like this is crazy. Like, this is going to be so awesome. Like for the Cardinals. And I was like, that's awesome. Cool. So then he leaves about an hour later to go work out and I get a call and he's like, babe, my, my agent just called me and he's like, and he just let me know that if this deal goes through, it's not happening without me. He's like, we might be going to Colorado. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Also, the dates that this was happening, he was supposed, we were all supposed to leave for spring training on Monday. And this was all taking place on Friday. And the spring training that the Cardinals is in is in Jupiter, Florida. Mm -hmm. And if he were to get traded, the spring training then switches to Arizona. So we we're like, okay, like, <laughs> do we go? Do we stay? Are you getting traded? Is this happening? Like, we have no idea. We already had a house in for spring training. You have to get housing to live somewhere for spring training. We also had a son and I was nine weeks pregnant with our second son. Oh my gosh. 
that was probably like the hardest part was I was just like, oh my gosh, so much inconsistency. You know, I've got my kids I have to take care of. I'm pregnant. So I'm not feeling great. And yeah, and then last minute who's traded, unfortunately, because we already had our house in Jupiter that we we're going to live in for St. Louis spring training. And it happened so last minute, me and Becca were not able to go to spring training with him that year. Yeah. So that was really hard because it was two months where I was mm-hmm. home pregnant with a toddler by myself while he was in Arizona training. So that was really hard, but we got through it. And then we just met him in Denver when we started the season. And this was last year going into the 2021 season. Yeah. And I want to ask with you and your just overall perspective of how you're having to handle all these moving pieces. And then it's just very inconsistent and the homes that are not consistent either. So how did you keep from having bitterness take over? And if you didn't, how did you get past that? Because we always like to share with our audience that like it's normal to feel like this because they get called wherever they go and then they're gone and then you're left to pick up the pieces. So how did you handle that? Absolutely. So hard. Honestly, my family is amazing and they help a ton. So that was really, really helpful. But that was easily probably some of the two hardest months that I've had to go through just knowing I was, he left when I was nine weeks pregnant and it was two months from then. So I did those two months by myself with a 19 month old at the time. I think that was like 19 or 20 months and take care of the house and do everything. So that was so difficult. I definitely did get a little bitter, but I feel like knowing that there's an end to it is just so helpful. And I always try to tell myself like, okay, like these are like, these are first world problems. There could be so many other things that could be worse that could be happening to us. I really try to look at it from that perspective. You know, we, we have our each other, we have our family, we have a roof over our heads. He has a job at the end of the day. So I just try to like, get through it. But ultimately, it is very, very tiring. I do say Mm -hmm. about half the year, I solo parent. Austin is rarely around half the year. So definitely feel very solo, like a solo parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And we don't have kids yet, but we've talked to a lot of women in the industry. And I'm always so curious because you are solo parenting for so long. Then when he comes back, do you feel like you have to like teach him things that you've been doing? Yes. <laughs> Last year, we came home from our 2021 season and I was about six weeks postpartum with Charlie and I had just done an entire season. So basically eight months, I did two months of spring training alone by myself. And then I did six months of season alone by myself. You know, he's there a little bit, but you really get into such a routine and a groove and you have the way that you do things and the way that you handle things and everything. And then when he got home, oh my goodness, I, I never thought that it was going to be as difficult as, cause I was so excited to have him home. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like this is actually harder. Like then they, they're home too much yeah. almost because <laughs> they're, they're either not home enough yeah. or they're home way too much. And you're like, okay, you just need to like, this is my space. Get out, out, out. That is difficult. There was quite a bit of bickering the first couple of weeks, just like little, little yeah. bickering here and there trying to get him. And I think he had to learn too, because he, he just kind of like dove in there and I had to kind of like remind him like, Hey, like, this is how I've been doing things. This is how we do things. So I'm sorry if I get, you know, a little snarky, but 
you know, I also would like to kind of keep the way we do things. So you kind of need to just yeah. you know, fit the mold and mold in there. And you're like, back off. I do it this way right now. <gasps> yes. Well, it was the smallest things is like him doing dishes to like help me. And I'm like, Austin, we don't do dishes right now. I'm not, I don't do dishes right now. I do dishes at 12 o'clock, like something like that. Like the craziest stuff that he's like trying to be helpful. And I'm like, nope, nope, that's not being helpful. You're throwing off my schedule. I love that. I love Not that. helpful. We can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, though. we can. We don't have kids, but we can so yes. relate. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Such a different spectrum. They're either not home enough or they're home too much. Like, yes. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> And when y'all decided to start a family, we always just want to encourage like our audience that it's going to be tough, but you have other people to learn from, to watch, and to really get that mentorship. So when y'all had first decided, you're like, okay, we're going to have kiddos in the sports industry. Were you terrified? Were you like, we're just going to figure it out as it comes? Or was there someone that you looked up to or all of the above (laughs) with that? Probably all of the above. I definitely don't think I would have gotten through it without all of the help. I constantly am asking, even now in the stands, I'm constantly talking to other moms. I'm like, well, how did you do this? Oh, oh, you went on that trip? Well, how did you do that? Did you get bring the slumber pod? Did you put them to sleep in the bathroom? Like, how are you? Oh, well, what about car seats? What about this? One really helpful thing is we actually have our own Facebook page. We have a MLB mamas page or MLB and MILB. So majors and minors, and it's a mama's page. And that has been incredible for me. I wrote on there a couple months ago and I was like, does anyone know of a good preschool? We're going to move to Scottsdale and got so many great answers. And I went toward the mall and I found the most perfect preschool for Beckham. And then a few months before that, I was like, what's a really good travel stroller? Cause the one I have is just not doing it. And like five people commented, they're like the Zoe double, the Zoe double. And I got it. (laughs) Haven't touched another stroller since. So it's been, that's been super, super helpful having, that community of everyone going through the same thing. Traveling with two little ones, did you just figure it out as you went or how did that go? Because I would be very intimidated to <laughs> take two yes, I can barely ones. travel by myself these days. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it makes traveling by yourself a thousand times more relaxing. I yeah. flew here to, I'm in New York right now for the Rockies Met series and I flew here by myself and wow, is it <laughs> different. It is so different. The best thing ever. But yeah, I definitely prepared as much as I could. I did as much research as I could to, you know, find all the best things that we needed to make the trip as easy as possible. But ultimately, I kind of just decided I think the worst part is the plane ride. And I just kind of said, I'm like, you know what, it's only a two and a half hour plane ride. It might be the worst two hours of my life. (laughs) But it's only two hours, I will get through it and it'll be fine. And I feel like every time that I over worry, my boys end up surprising me and doing so much better than I could have thought. And they yeah. did each flight. And I was like, wow, okay. They're, they're great. I'm sure we'll definitely have a rough flight here and there. I know when we flew to Arizona, Charlie had a massive blowout on the airplane. That was great. <laughs> great for me. But How do you do that with another little one changing? The bathrooms are not that big. No. No. So probably not the best thing, but I'm doing better at asking for help. For yeah. example, we flew to Arizona and uh, in Texas a couple weeks ago, and Charlie could not walk or stand on his own yet. He was only about 10 months old, and I needed to collapse the stroller in the jet bridge, but you need two hands to mm-hmm. collapse the stroller. And so I'm like, okay, I either set the baby on the floor yeah. or I don't know. <laughs> and there was a mom and a dad with a little baby right in front of us. And, but the dad was holding the baby. So I just tapped on the woman's shoulder and I was like, ma'am, do you mind holding my baby yeah. for just a minute? And she was like, yes, of course. Like I would love to. And I was like, great. Awesome. Thank you. So she held Charlie, like quickly collapsed the stroller and then I took him back. So I'm getting much better at just like little things like yeah. that are super helpful 
asking for help because there is certain things I can't do everything by myself. But luckily when the blowout happened, well, <laughs> luckily or not luckily, it was right <laughs> after they announced that we are about to land or about oh, we're good, descending. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like five minutes after they told us we're descending. And I noticed the blowout and I was like, oh my goodness. So I started to like stand up and the flight attendant was like, uh, ma'am, like we, we can't get up now. We're about to land. I'm like, oh no. So I just sat there for like 30 minutes by the time we finally landed taxi to the gate, get to the gate. I was like, I just sat there covered and it was, it was all over me. Him. Oh it was my horrible, <laughs> horrible. I will be telling that story at like a high school graduation. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I feel like it's one of those things too, where like, you're so self-conscious of like you and yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, people are going to think this, but like people don't even care or notice or any of that kind of yes. stuff. It's like, yes. when are you ever going to see those people again? Greatest things that I tell Austin almost every time I travel is I am reminded a lot of times when I travel by myself with the boys of nice people yeah. because mm-hmm. I have never in my life met such nice people when I'm traveling alone with the boys. The amount of people that come to me, some will like have, I had one that walked a couple aisles down and was like, hey, like I noticed you're traveling by yourself. So please, I have kids. It was an older woman. She's like, I have kids. They're all grown now. I have grandkids. If you ever need anything, wow. please come get me. Oh. I would love to help. The amount of people that offer that help when I'm alone, I think they see it. They see they're like, wow, she has two kids and she's yeah. alone. She's crazy. <laughs> A few people told me that too. They're like, wow, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I know I travel with my dog a lot and it's not the same, yes. but I swear people are so nice to me and I'm like, okay, like I swear if I was by myself, you would not be this nice yeah. to me. <laughs> yes. When you're by yourself, they don't. However, yours might be because they probably want to pet your dog. True. Because I yeah. do the same thing. True. I, I want I want to pet the dog. So maybe if I befriend <laughs> this person, they will allow They'll me, let me to pet play the with dog. dog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you do yes. something really cool on your – we'll talk about your TikTok in just a second, but you do something really cool with the boys during baseball season where you guys have a different schedule. Can you talk about how you even came up with that schedule and what the schedule is? Yes. Okay. Baseball schedule. So uh, several people do it. I hadn't because I kind of felt like my kids were always the kids that were going to wake up at 6.30 a.m. regardless. That's Mm kind of what I always told people. Kind of a funny story. I believe probably like a couple weeks into season this year, we just signed Chris Bryant, the Bryant family. They're such a sweet family. But Austin and Chris were talking at practice one day or like on the field before a game or something. And they were talking about when their kids wake up and someone else was like, oh yeah, like 6.30. And Austin was like, yeah, like 6.37-ish. And Chris was like, wait, like what? Like my, my son sleeps until 11. And Austin was like, wait, wait, what are we doing wrong here? Like just totally joking. So he came home to me that night. He's like, Rachel, did you realize that the Bryant son sleeps until 11 p.m., 11 a.m.? And I was like, no, am I doing it wrong? He's like, well, do you know how great that would be? And I was like, yes, yes, I know, I know. And so I went to Chris Bryant's wife, Jess, a couple days later. And I was like, all right, because you made my husband want it. So we've been talking about it. So I was like, give me all your pointers. And so she gave me all her pointers. This is our first year doing it, but it has been amazing. And basically we just, we black out all the curtains, and make it to where they don't know what time of day it is in that bedroom because it is so dark in there no matter what. But their bedtime is closer to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when the games run long, they're not getting in bed until 11, but they sleep every morning until 9, sometimes 9.30, wow. which has been so, so great. In the beginning, those first couple of weeks, it was so hard. Their bedtime was 7.30. 
and the games start at seven ten. So yeah. I basically only have an inning of knowing their behavior is going to be okay because the closer you get to that bedtime or past that bedtime, the behavior goes out the window. You yeah. don't know how your baby and toddler are going to act at that time. So being able to push back their bedtime and make it to now where they're used to going to bed at 9, 10, 11 o'clock, whatever it is, and then them sleep in. It's also been super helpful just since we do live in an apartment during season when the boys are waking up at 630. It was very hard for Austin to sleep in and he's not going to bed until midnight, one, sometimes 2am because they're getting home so late and they also have all that adrenaline and they need to eat dinner and then they kind of like need to settle down. So he was so tired. I was so tired. And then I'm also out at the games late and getting up at 630 in the morning and it was hard. And so I slowly kind of like push back their bedtime schedule and it works so perfect to up for us. So I know it's not the best schedule. I know most pediatricians will probably say, hey, your son should be in bed by 730, eight o'clock. And my kids are out at like 1030, 11, but they're still getting their 12 hours yeah. of sleep. So it works for us and it's great. And then do you do you plan on like going backwards after baseball season or what is what's your thoughts for the off season? Yes. So I we will because Beckham will actually be in preschool this mm-hmm. off season okay. in Arizona. His school starts at eight thirty, I believe. So we will go back to probably an eight o'clock, seven seven thirty, eight o'clock. I haven't decided exactly yet, but closer to an eight o'clock by the time so we can still make sure he's getting those twelve hours and get him to school on time with a happy attitude. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about entertaining little ones at nine innings plus plus for a baseball game. I want to hear what you do. We've heard a range of things where you get snacks on snacks or you get a million toys. So what have you figured out that works best? So for Charlie, actually, we're actually very, very fortunate. We have childcare. Actually, it's now to the point where our nannies are so great that Beckham will get upset if I don't let him go to childcare. So <laughs> now he goes to childcare in the beginning. Uh, I left him. So I would drop off Charlie and keep Beckham and Beckham was fine. If you give him some ice cream and he loves to cheer and uh, watch his dad and go play on the playground, there's also batting cages in the outfield and toys. Not going to lie. I'll bring the iPad too. Just yeah. so I can get a couple hours of silence and watch it. I am all for an iPad. No big deal there for me but we do have child care in the family room downstairs for all of the players and their families and their children and that is so beneficial and helpful to not have to worry about that I don't send them every day except now Beckham wants to go every day but <laughs> usually it's only it used to be only when Austin was pitching so I could really yeah. pay attention but then it got to the point where you know Beckham would want to watch his dad and really enjoyed it when we don't have childcare on away games, snacks and iPads. <laughs> yep. Whatever yeah. works. We're all, all, all for it. Absolutely. No judgment. No. <laughs> it's like do what you can. Do what you need to do to be able to focus. I love yes. it. So I want to talk yes. about your TikTok because that is how we found you. Mm-hmm. You have seriously Thank blown you. up. So how did you even like start your TikTok? Tell us all about like your goal for it in the beginning or were you just like posting for fun? Yes, there was absolutely no goal. It was <laughs> so I – was working in HR and recruiting part-time. Austin was still kind of up and down at this point. This was, I also had an injury year. We had Beckham. And so I was working part-time in HR from wherever, wherever he was. And as soon as COVID shut everything down, about a week later, the MLB shut down. Mm -hmm. And about a week later, my company had to let go of several people just because we didn't know. And I was only a contract worker as well. So I was let go and I was like, okay, well, there goes my job. So now I've got lots 
lots of free time on my hands. We also had to move in with my parents during COVID because season end or baseball ended. We didn't know where to go. And we were just renting apartments at that time. So we're like, do we go rent someone? Is there going to be a season? Is he going to be in the big leagues or triplet? We have no idea. So my parents were like, just come home for, you know, the two week quarantine that this is supposed (laughs) to be. Yeah. So we moved home. So then I have my mom, my dad, my husband, my sister from college, me all there with one baby. And I was like, wow, I have so much free time on my hands. Like I don't have to be the only one taking care of him because they love, you know, being with him. So my sister being in college was all about TikTok. And I was like, that's so, so dumb. Like, it's so, I would never, I would never. And you know, (laughs) she just kept sending me TikToks and sending me TikToks. So one day I just randomly posted one. It was about our family. And in the video, had a picture of Austin and Beckham kissing on the field in his Cardinals uniform. And it blew up and went viral because people were like, oh my gosh, he plays baseball. He's in with, with the Cardinals. That's so cool. You married a baseball player, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay. That's okay. Cool. I was like, wow, this is crazy. All of a sudden overnight, I had a million views on a video and almost 10,000 followers. Oh, wow. Like that's, so weird. No idea. So posted a couple more, nothing really. And then a couple weeks later, I posted another one that again, had something to do with baseball. And again, it blew up. And I was like, wow, like people are actually interested in like my other videos don't do anything. No one wants to know about like my hair and my, I don't know. I was doing like hair care routines and like Sephora hauls, like stuff that I was interested in. I was like, Hey, clearly no one cares about that. But the second I post anything about our life in baseball, the video does well and people are so interested. And I was like, okay, like maybe there's actually, and then, you know, it's more followers and more followers. And I was like, wow. So I guess I'll just like continue to just post our life through baseball. Maybe there is a niche there that people actually find interesting. It was kind of refreshing at this time. Austin had a half year in the big league. So it's not like I was posting like you see on TV with like yeah. wags of like mil- your millionaires. We've right. been in the big leagues for years and contracts and not that lavish of a lifestyle. It was a lot of behind the scenes. And I think that really interested a lot of people. Yeah. So I just kind of kept up with it. I genuinely never thought that any of that would come about. It really quickly turned into my full-time job though. About two months into that, I had brands reaching out to me to do brand deals for them. And then about a year later, I signed with my management team and now I'm full-time social media. That's That's awesome. Crazy. I think it's so interesting too, because like you mentioned, you provide the real aspect of being in the MLB. And you know, a lot of times people see what they see on TV. And so when they actually get to see someone and like you explain, like they don't pay for everything. They don't pay for me to travel with them or, you know, us to go to all these places and move across the country. Mm -hmm. Like they don't pay for all these things. I think people are so intrigued by that. So I love that you provide a real perspective into the sports industry. With your management company, can you explain a little bit about what they do and how they help you with that? They're amazing. They do everything for me besides posting and the creative side and actually filming it. They handle all of my brand deals. So they do all of the negotiation with every brand that I do since it has become my full-time job, which has been so nice having that extra income coming in just with how crazy baseball can be. You just, you never know. Also, you know, it's crazy, but no, not everyone is a millionaire. I get comments all the time. They're like, why are you posting an ad? Your husband makes millions. No, he's never made a million dollars in his life. In the future, I thought maybe, yeah. but no, he's never, never. It's, I think everyone thinks that every baseball player is making $40 million. Yeah. Crazy. I know, but they're not. <laughs> but yes, they do everything for me. They're awesome. Handle all of that, all the legal side of things, all my contracts, 
payments, everything. And they've been, they've been really great. They are, represent a couple other, several other TikTok creators as well that are also in our lifestyle too, which is yeah. really fun. That is cool. No, that is neat. With social media, Brittany and I have learned so much over the past couple of years. But one of the things that we just can never get over is people are so vocal to tell you what they think or they'll send you messages. Oh my goodness. And so I, <laughs> yeah. I just want to pick your brain and I want you to tell us a story because I'm sure you have several. But even with us, we have had messages and we're like, I don't know if I would have ever asked somebody that or sent somebody that. So do you have any funny stories that you can share? <laughs> oh my gosh. I could sit here for hours and tell you stories about these. And I think I'm so thankful that I've come such a long way because I'm not going to lie about two years ago when I started two and a half years ago, I started this and two years ago, the comments did hurt me and did bother me. And I was like, wait, oh my gosh, do people really think I'm for with my husband for his money? Like, I'm so confused. Like, you're not even making that much money right now. He was like, literally in the minors. I'm like, I'm so confused. Like I was so concerned. It was what people thought or someone would comment on my eyebrows or my nose. And I would just be so down for the day. But now it's, they're comical. It's hilarious that people for some reason think that our athletes not supposed to get married. I'm confused. It's because does that mean that any person that they marry is only with them for their money? So the amount of comments I get was about that or the comments that it's, oh, well, you do nothing with your life or you do nothing. Or I got a comment the other day was like, how does it feel that he's carrying your family and working hard while you sit around and do nothing? (laughs) I'm like, well, if only you knew what raising two children was like. I actually do have an interview of him on camera of him admitting that what I do on a daily basis is probably harder than what he does. Oh, for so sure. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. I wake up from the second I wake up to the second they go to bed. I don't have no one to help me with bath time, bedtime, nothing. It is me all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It's a long, and they're gone from between eight to 12 days, every road trip. So yeah. that's every other week as well. They're gone a lot. The baseball season, it's 162 games. That is a long, long season. Yeah, that really is. Yes. So, so crazy. But now I, I'm sure if you guys have seen it, but some of the videos now I just like mock the hate, yep. yeah. the hate comments that I get. Cause yeah. I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. And Austin's been great at that. That is probably one of the most helpful things. And I always give credit to him is because he knows how to handle it because he received hate before I ever had. He was in the big leagues before I really started doing social media. He was up and down, but you know, he gives up a home run and he's people are in his DMs saying terrible on the unthinkable, like truly terrible things. So he learned to deal with that at such a young, I don't see such a young age, but years before I did. And so he's been super helpful and supportive when in the beginning I was like, wow, like I can't believe someone said this about me or like all this stuff. He's really good at saying like, Rachel, like you're, you're doing great. They don't know you. They don't know your heart. They have no idea. They're probably just sitting at home in their mom's mm-hmm. basement on the couch, <laughs> hating, wishing that they like had, or I mean for him, you know, had his life. And he's like, yeah. you know, it's a lot of people that didn't make the high school baseball team who are yeah. just hating on him because he gave yeah. up a home run in the big league. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, couch coaches and yeah. couch players, you know, yes. that, that say that they could do better. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh I'm my sure. gosh. <laughs> I yeah. would love for to see you do it. Yeah. I would love if everyone could be in the big leagues, then why, why, yeah. why aren't you? Yeah. Why, why isn't everyone in the big leagues? I let me know. I would love to know <laughs> if it's that easy to pitch in the big leagues and just never give up mistakes. I'd yes. love to see everyone. Well, and it. it's crazy. Like whoever, I mean, those people that comment like that, it's just wild because they comment like there's not a person 
that mm-hmm. they're commenting these things. Absolutely. Like you're just saying all these things offhandedly and you know, that affects people. Yes. I think there's an issue with people not seeing influencers or content creators, whatever you want to call me as people. They yeah. think that we just, or I think a lot of it is I always try to remember hurt people, hurt people. So yeah. clearly they're going mm-hmm. through something they're hurt and, or they're insecure and they're trying to re- reflect that insecurity on me or because they're hurt they want me to hurt too Mm. and so they try to hurt me so I can definitely say my skin has gotten much much thicker over the last two years yeah well we're super impressed by everything you're doing on TikTok it's really cool but we have this last question we ask every single interview so if you can go back in time and tell your younger self just getting started in the baseball industry one thing you know now what would you say oh okay to just let go and know that everything is going to be okay. Know that you're never going to be able to control everything. You're not going to be able to control anything, but that it's always just going to be okay. There's been several nights where I'm like freaking out. And there's been times where I'm like, oh my gosh, is he going to have a job tomorrow? Or, oh no, what about this? What about that? Just take a deep breath, go with the flow, but also to have fun, not be so, I'm such a worrier. Austin and I were talking about this today. I'm such a worrier. So anytime something happens, I'm worrying. But to not worry because we only get to do this life once. It is so cool. We are so grateful and thankful for what we get to do this life. Yeah. And there's so many cool things that we get to do. So just try to like relax and not worry so much through it because there is, there's so many curveballs like getting traded last minute or things that you can worry about or raising your kids in this life, which can be really difficult, but just try not to like worry about it and just enjoy it because it will be over soon. The careers are not long at all. And so you never know how much longer you have. So I'm just trying to tell myself every day to like, enjoy it. I'm still telling myself that not just my older self. I'm still telling myself <laughs> yeah, that. we totally get that. <laughs> yeah. And we appreciate you coming on. And if anybody wants to follow you on TikTok or all the things, Instagram, where can they find you? Yes. So my TikTok and Instagram is both Rachel Gomber. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for coming on and thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.